Welcome to the Young Adult in Ministry Podcast, the Yamcast, where we talk about everything the church needs to know and some things you don't need to know about failing forward in young adult ministry. We are starting these monthly podcasts with a discussion about the book, Sustainable Young Adult Ministry, and anything else we feel like. Hi, my name is Kenny. I'm from Boise, Idaho. My name is Jeremy, and I'm in Nashville, Tennessee. And I'm I'm Chris from Cincinnati, Ohio. And here we go. So yeah, as we as we continue in our um, conversation about sustainable young adult ministry, the book by Mark DeVries and Scott Pontier, um, we in our last episode talked through uh, chapters eight and nine, which is kind of the pivot um, from the first half of the book talking about different mistakes that you can make in young adult ministry to saying um, there are some paradoxes. Um, that you need to be able to embrace and deal with in order to succeed at young adult ministry. Succeed maybe being a loaded term, but how do you how do you engage in sustainable long term young adult ministry? And, and there's paradoxes uh, to that. So the first one we talked about last episode was that you succeed by being willing to fail. Um, and you can hear that uh, conversation by going back one episode and listening to that. Um, I'm so good at this. I excel at failing. You enjoy uh, listening to podcasts on. And uh, today we're uh, moving into chapters 10 and 11, uh, which are two more paradoxes. And so the first one from chapter 10 is uh, focus on young adults by taking the focus off young adults. Were there things from this chapter, Kenny, that that stood out to you or that you wanted to to touch base on? Jeremy, you're really good at this. Thank you. (laughs) I listen to a lot of podcasts, so I just copy and paste it. Yeah, well, you you just did it verbally so so well. Uh, Yeah, uh, I'm really... I like books with pictures in them, and there's this really cool picture in this chapter of uh, a white blank with... um, uh, What are there? Nine dots on there? Yeah. And like, how do you connect these dots together by, by using four vertical lines? Maybe our listeners have seen this before, but the way that you do it is not by thinking inside the box, but thinking outside the box. And so you draw the lines in a way that they extend beyond the dots. Um, and the whole point of that illustration within the chapter is focus on young adults by taking the focus off of young adults. And, and what, what they point to is um mission so what's the mission of your church and is it is it is it succinct and clear enough that young adults know how to engage with that and and this chapter makes me a little conflicted um because i i agree with them but the young adults i'm in community with are already engaged in so so many ways with the mission of our church they're looking for community they're looking to connect with other people they're already they're already connected with people older than them in our church. Hmm. They're looking to connect with people that are their, their age. And so how do I apply taking the focus off of them, uh, how to focus on them by taking the focus off of them. And I, I, I don't know, I guess for me, it's, it's not, again, I keep, I've said this every single chapter, not trying to create something for them to do, but, but something to do with them, whether that's mission or just encouraging them and coming alongside them. It's encouraging what they're already doing, the missions they're already engaged with. Um, 
And, do and you, it, it, yeah, go ahead. I was going to say, uh, do you think um, with you were talking about within your local church? Um, do you think maybe is it that you've already been your church has been able to move past that first step? Like you, you said that you have young adults that are involved in different places in the church. And so then the next step would be creating um, space for community. Does that, does that make sense? Like maybe you guys have already engaged this, this paradox to a degree that they're already involved in the mission of the church. I mean, I know you well enough to know that engaging young adults in mission is uh, something that's pretty close to your heartbeat. Um, and you do that. And one of the hardest things in the world to do, especially <laughs> if it's the mission that like that you're super interested, that young adults are going to engage in the mission that they're, that they're passionate about. And they may, they may be engaged in a mission um, and it's very much a part of their relationship with Christ, but it's not necessarily a part of a ministry of my church, but they're part of our church community because they want to be a part of a worship community and, 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 and the mission of God through the church. But then how they're playing that out may not be a ministry of the church. It may be in their workaday world. It may be in their, it's not just categorized to the confines, both digitally and, and spatially of the church. Um, and so I, they're all at a different place. You know, it's, it's really, it's, it's really a specified target for how they're in, how they're engaged in because what I want to do is I want to take this. I'm going to go, Oh, here's the mission of our church. Now I need to get all young adults involved in that. And the default there is where are the holes that we need plugged because this is our mission that we're fulfilling. And so yeah. we'll use young adults to fulfill that. And uh, if they don't see through that right away, uh, they will. Yeah. I think that's one of the, the challenges, which is they, they mention it uh, at one point in the chapter saying it's, not just about doing programs for young adults, but working with them when our imaginations are captured by their God-sized dreams. So like what you said, it's not just like saying, hey, here's a need to our plan. And we're asking you to just get to, to plug in where we have gaps. Um, and I think that's probably true across the board with volunteerism. But like when you just plug somebody in based off of the need, not necessarily based off of their passions and skill sets. Um, sometimes that's necessary and sometimes that's fine. But when you get the people who take the most ownership in a, in a missional engagement is when it's in line with their passions and with their skill sets. Sometimes that'll align with needs. Um, sometimes that already exists. Sometimes it's reformatting or creating new ways of engaging that are still in line with the mission of God and the mission of the church, but it might be creating a new way to do that. And I feel like a lot of our missions are the, the missions that we articulate as churches. People can fit into those in a lot of different ways. We might have some ideas of what that looks like and where, how we want to funnel people, but you know, left to the Holy spirit and in worship community, people tend to find the places that they can be engaged. And I feel like even when I issue a challenge of being, um, I have already talked about this last time too, but there, there's this, this guy that was a chaplain at a secular university that, that I, that I spoke with over the last year. And he really leaned into me hard. He's a, he's a, you know, 30 something millennial leaned into me hard on you have to challenge young adults to missions that are, that are hard. You have to, raise the bar of commitment level. And, 
And um, I don't know, after the years of recruiting young adults to raise their own funds and give up their summers or semesters, um, very few are going to respond to that. That is raising the commitment level. Uh, doing that in the local setting where people are looking for just genuine community. Yeah. I feel like my job is, you know, our church's mission is point people to, to um, point people to Christ and invite them to be a part of his mission. That's super vague. I mean, it, you, in my specific life, that can look a lot of ways, but when it comes down to young adults, I want to, I want to get to know them and trust that Jesus is wooing them into his mission. Um, and that, and to trust that, that God is going to use whatever challenges, like I might be preaching this one thing and thinking this should be the outcome, but the Holy Spirit's actually moving in a way that this person is going to respond in, a, in obedience to them. And we count on that, right? We count on that as pastors, um, that, that, uh, this isn't just, I'm cooperating with the Holy Spirit. I'm working with the Holy Spirit. So in inviting young adults to mission, I don't want to be disappointed because they didn't do the exact thing that I thought that they should do. But that when they respond in obedience to the Holy Spirit, that um, and and take part in God's way bigger mission than than maybe I'm looking at, that that's that's success. That's that's a win. That's that's their discipleship that I can celebrate and come alongside. Yeah, I was uh, listening to an a interview recently, and someone was talking about calling, and they were saying that believing our calling as Christians is to love the Lord our God with all our heart, soul, and mind, and to love our neighbor as ourselves. Jeremy, <laughs> did you actually listen to the podcast link that I sent you, or is this something else? And you're just making me think that you. No, I listened. Uh, you were interviewed on one of your church's podcasts uh, episode. Our only church's podcast, which is our okay. youth ministry podcast. Okay. Which they is it great or what? It's really, really good. I yeah. I uh, when you sent it to me, I like I I was really impressed. And you didn't I, have high expectations, did you? <laughs> <laughs> well, I wasn't sure because I yeah, you sent it to me. And I wasn't sure what the context was of it. Um, but it was uh, one. It reminded reminded me of some of our conversations back when. Um, I was, um, my wife and I and our family were outside the United States serving as missionaries um, and wrestling with the idea of God's calling, but saying that like if uh, one, that it's a really good uh, episode, um, we should include that in, in the show notes for people to be able to listen to, because I, I appreciate hearing your wisdom on that again. Um, but in thinking in context of this is that that is a part of um, if we are supporting and encouraging our young adults to be engaged um, in the work of God. If God's mission um, if, is at work so that people will love him, all of who they are, their holistic being and love their neighbor as their self, that's going to look differently. Um, and it may not look exactly how we expect it to look like as church leaders um, or as churches, but if we're all moving in that same direction, um, then there's a lot of, possibility of how we can get involved in that and be able to support young adults. And, and I think that kind of connects to the next paradox uh, here in the chapter, in chapter 11, talking about reaching young people by gathering more old people, bringing together multiple generations that are serving together. Like you said, doing, doing ministry with each other and not to one specific generation. There's a song from the the movie Selma that uh, Common, uh, the musician, uh, is a, is a, sings in and is a part of it. And they say, we need the, the wisdom of the elders and the young people's energy. And it's 
all too easy to for one generation or group of people to throw out others and disregard them if they don't look or respond or act the way that they would expect them to or they don't if they don't if others don't act like the way that I do but reminded that in our differences there is strength mm-hmm. and the beauty of the the church I think when we are reflecting being the bride of Christ well is that we are our strength is through being together even in the midst of our diversity that doesn't uh, that that doesn't undercut being unified it, it can strengthen us um, and I think that is a, an important point from this this chapter that when we're engaging in ministry with young adults well we're bringing along people from multiple generations one to, to provide wisdom and years of experience to those who are younger but be able to know that bringing multiple viewpoints and skill sets to the table will allow us to go farther together than we would if we just compartmentalize everybody into different ministry areas. Yeah. Well, and I think it makes, it makes whatever form of ministry more sustainable when you have intergenerational, multiple different perspectives, uh, multiple gender, multiple ethnicity, just as much diversity as you can, you're, you're, you're strengthening which the foundation that you're building. So when I launched into young adult ministry at our church as a volunteer, that my, my impulse was I need to get older. Uh, I need to get thirties, forties, fifties, and sixties, maybe seventies somehow involved with this. And so I'll start recruiting hosts that will we'll all rotate because this will be sustainable for us and hosting on a Sunday, this young adult gathering where they can just drop in, drop out and have some goodies and begin to build relationships. Um, and, and so, and I'm continually trying to recruit for that. It's been, it's COVID doesn't lend itself to that for me very well. Um, but I'm thinking when we do meet together uh, again, that's, that's kind of where I'm going to pick it up and keep those conversations going. Let those be meeting places where young adults, maybe they don't want to meet in their apartment. Maybe they don't want to meet in their home or a restaurant or whatever, but they can meet in a group of 10 or less, you know, at, at a grandparent or aunt and uncle age-ish type people's house that they're not in charge. They're not leading the young adults. Young adults are coming for a game night. They're coming for a Bible study that they're leading. Um, they're, they're, uh, maybe they're just invited over for a meal or to do their laundry or something, but they've got a space and some people that they know in their, in their church that it's been like, yeah, we can just hang out with people. We'd love to do that. I think that's where some of the cool stuff is going to happen, uh, relationally and, and connecting with just the everyday, um, connectivity. And that there's lots of natural ways that don't have to be forced like ministry. This has to be structured. It has to be programmatic. Um, for that to happen, um, then then the mentoring relationships can foster and self-select themselves instead of us, me, trying to create a, a program to do that. Yeah, I think talking about how this is a time of disruption, that there are things that have been um, sped up, trends that were already happening, and one of those being that what young adults are looking more for from the church is not primarily content but community. And we've talked about this on previous episodes uh, of the podcast because we can get content from anywhere, especially now that 
every church is streaming some kind of uh, material and sermons that while the content of the gospel of Jesus Christ is important, having that community to be able to, to work that out in discipleship and in friendship is an, a sweet spot that we can do that you can invite a lot of people into. I'm thinking about uh, a couple that I know that had uh, this time last year said, Hey, we have a really big backyard with a fire pit. If you want to bring over, young adults and be able to do some hangouts and some get togethers, like we'll, we'll help host it. Like they were providing the space to be able to, to nurture that community and something like that. I like, as we're talking about this, I'm thinking about, I should follow up with them because their backyard is really big and would be a perfect space to be able to have a socially distanced, you know, fire pit time together to be able to, to gather and have community while also not, you know, throwing safety completely out the window with everything. So, yeah. Yeah. I think there's, there's ways to navigate it. And again, I want to create a program and then try to get, see if the young adults want to do it. And then as I reach out to our young adults, I'm saying this is everyone's young adults or not my young adults either. I'm, they're my friends, right? Yeah. I find out, Oh, they're already getting together. Like some of them, are, you know, there's some of the gyms in our area are open. There's a climbing gym and there's a couple of them that are getting together and they're going and they're working out together. There's some of them that are getting together to do outside activities or, um, that are watching the streaming service together. There's some that they're already doing that, but I want to connect them to, to those older, those older relationships. So it's a real challenge during this time for sure. Um, yeah. there's, there's near the end of this chapter, in, in chapter, is this chapter 10 or 11 or chapter 11, right? Yep. And this, uh, sorry, I'm scrolling back to the, the title succeed by, no, that's chapter nine. Sorry. Maybe I'm in the wrong chapter here. Uh, chapter 10, focus on young adults by taking the focus off young adults. That was the cool connect the dots. Chapter 11, reach young people by gathering more old people. Um, I think it was in the right chapter. This is painful to listen to somebody scroll through their. Yeah, it's here. Uh, it's it's the R and D department. Think of young adults as the as the research and development department. And then a little bit later on, it says, um, "Too often, the the church for young adults is like a first generation iPad. Like, you know, hmm. tried, but it really can't do what we were hoping that it, it was it was going to do. Um, and I think it's because I'm trying to preload the applications." Instead of saying, hey, what, what, what can you do with this? What would you like to do with this? Where do you want this? Where do you want this to go? Like, what, what are your dreams? What are your, they are, they, um, they are the church of today and the church of the future. Very cliche, very true. Um, so what are they imagining that the church could be like today and imagining and hoping for the church to be in the future and to ask those research and development questions of young adults for me is relationship building to that teaches me. Um, but it also, I'm hoping engenders trust of, I'm not just doing it to, to try to get someplace because I genuinely care. I'm genuinely curious. I want to know what they think. Um, and I'm trying to connect them to other people, older generational folks that it will be mutually beneficial and experience and, and energy and new insights. Yeah, Jeremy. 
Just for my thoughts. Did you have anything else? No, I think that was good. I was, um, I think the, um, that this is the R and D department, which means that to pull a few pieces together here, as we wrap up our time together, that if you approach it, like it's an R and D department, that it's not a failure. Uh, if you, if something doesn't work because you're, uh, you're creating different iterations of it. Um, that, and, uh, something that they point out in this chapter 11 here is, uh, no project is a failure if it provides an avenue to work alongside young adults and support them. And as long as we're seeking the the leading of the Holy Spirit and we're doing it together, the, what we're doing may not always work the way that we expect. But if we're seeking Christ and what Christ is doing in the world and engaging in that, like we're moving in the right direction and we'll continue to be updating that either because it doesn't work the first time we try it or... Uh, like a first-generation iPad, it worked at one point, but no longer runs at the same speed, especially if Apple tries to slow everything down and move the new one. And so the the changes in the world... The church never does that, though. The church <laughs> never does that. But the world is accelerating at, at speeds uh, that are bringing us into a... Now, take the analogy farther, into a 5G uh, type of world. And we're gonna, in some ways, we've got to catch up. And so being able to engage this as an R&D approach. Yeah. And that requires bringing in people from across generations and focusing on the mission of God and doing it together, I think is um, is maybe a good place for us to, to wrap up this conversation for this episode as we continue to, to seek, especially during this time of COVID, how to be involved in sustainable young adult ministry. So let's take this out with our parting blessing. We'll just alternate here. Yeah. So until next time, fail forward, be present, be teachable, be flexible, and try something new. Awesome. Thanks, Jeremy. See ya. See you, bro.